All right, Doug, I know your franchise story. Not everybody does, but how do you fall into franchising? What is Doug's franchise story? <laughs> well, it, it's always good to see you, Nick. Thanks so much for, for having us on here. Our, our franchising story is one that was sort of born out of necessity after a tragedy, which is kind of a, a weird story. But the, the whole reason why Learning Zen exists today was after 9-11, uh, the FAA needed a way to train their civilian pilots. And we ended up building that custom project for the FAA. And when we got done, we really loved the work that we were doing. And we, we took a look at some particular industries that we felt like needed online training. And in this case, franchising has that duplication of efforts at every single store. And so we actually made a conscious decision to actually immerse ourselves into franchising. And that started about 15 years ago. And over those last you know, 15 years, we've learned a lot about franchising. So we've got some subject matter expertise we can share with our team, uh, any of our clients as well. And so that's kind of how we got into this, this particular space. So go back 15 years ago. Yeah. How do you get client one? Like you've made the decision you want franchising. Who do you convince to be your guinea pig? Yeah, so uh, I, I love that question. And it, it's kind of a fun answer, uh, actually, it was neighborly. So that's, it, a, that's a big win for client one. Yeah, right? Like I, I literally, I could not have started bigger if I possibly tried. And and I still don't know how we met each other, um, but, but you know, we'd gone to an IFA conference probably the first year. The first year for us, I think, was the year they did the uh, conference over the Super Bowl. And, and that, so that was down in, in Texas. And, you know, neighborly is from the Waco area. And I think somebody had popped by the booth at that point. And I ended up actually flying down there. So part of it was, you know, building this relationship and building some trust, right? That, you know, we weren't this flash in the pan that we've got some expertise in, in learning management systems and we've simplified it to the point where neighborly could have, you know, each brand have their own sort of learning center. And, and I think that was really attractive to, to them at the time um, because they had so many well-known brands, but a lot of different systems. So as they're trying to centralize their technology, uh, it made a lot of sense to kind of say, hey, what if everybody used this one learning management system? At least we could, you know, have a good insight as to how the training is working at each location. And so I think it was more, you know, that relationship building that got us that first sale. It's almost like the the Hollywood movies where they're like, do you have any business? You're like, yeah, we've been working with franchise brands forever. But I would <laughs> like if you if you strip it backwards, if you go all the way back to September 11th, when you're you're creating a solution yeah, uh, in a big way, like the credibility that comes off of that, even though it's non-franchise, you still operationalize the way that you want to build training at scale. We we did, and and at that time, you know, there wasn't a lot of options out there, at least that were you know SaaS solutions. You could do a, a standalone implementation of a, a big learning management system like a, a Saba or a Cornerstone. But that was, you know, investing hundreds of thousands of dollars at really each location at that time. And so knowing that when we first came into franchising, we really only knew about big brands, right? We, we knew about the Chick-fil-A's and the McDonald's and, and you know, certainly neighborlies of the world. We, we didn't really even recognize that the emerging landscape that was coming about as well. And, and so as we're, you know, starting to, to get into franchising more and, and grow after that experience with um you know the faa credibility was important but but i think also maybe just being good listeners in this space so 
every time we did a demonstration for a franchise brand, we took vigorous notes about, you know, what were their particular needs? What were their strengths? What were their weaknesses? Were they thinking about, you know, we need to have this system in place because it's something that's expected? Or do we need to have this system in place because this is going to make our franchisees operate at a higher level? And, and knowing that they were getting into these, you know, 10 year sort of contracts or, or marriage agreements, I think some of these brands saw it as, hey, if I can invest in my franchisees and keep them really happy, satisfied, maybe we reduce the turnover between their own staff. I think they saw the green light, which was, hey, this is going to increase, you know, royalties for us. This is going to make it easier to hopefully, you know, sell a franchise unit because as a, you know, somebody who's a, a you know, an, an owner comes into this with maybe no business background, maybe they're entrepreneurial, not entrepreneurs, because they, they wanted to still follow that blueprint. And I think a big part of that is knowing that you're going to have this support from the corporate office. And so that was what we learned to do, which was really kind of, Let's let's really kind of package this up and, and sell it to the franchisor as a way to you know increase profitability at the franchisee level. All right, so you get you get Neighborly on board, Dwyer, Dwyer Group at the time. Yes, uh, get them get them on board. How how much easier does it become to sell once you've got that first one in? Yeah, I mean, we made a conscious decision to really you know, try to land some flagship clients. And so landing neighborly off right off the bat was sort of mind blowing for us because we felt like we, you know, landed the best possible partner in this space. And every time you, you know, you mention an established brand like that, immediately it, it opened the door to someone at least having a conversation with us. And, and we're a little bit different in the sense that we don't like to just like go right in and start demonstrating the product itself because what we really want to truly do is understand the needs of the business. And so I honestly ask a lot of questions um, of everyone that I talk to. And, and so, man, I have <laughs> every client we talk to is a little bit different, but every client that we talk to has very similar needs. They just, you know, it may be unique to their particular brand, but man, once you get, you know, an established brand and you start talking to others, the doors honestly sort of opened themselves at that point. So I can't say enough about how grateful we are to the, at the time, Dwyer Group, uh, now Neighborly. And in particular, um, a lot of that, uh, a lot of the credit probably goes to Diana Worthington and she's just been an amazing partner for so many years over there. Do you feel, do, do uh, franchisors understand what you're selling them? on day one or does it still take explanation the ones who i mean great question the the, the ones who who seek us out have a good feel for for what they're particularly you know what they're looking for the ones that i i meet at a conference because we're you know having a drink together or something there there's so many things that they hadn't necessarily thought about i feel like when it, it comes to online training and i mean I always think of, you know, successful stories and, and that's why the, the neighborly one was great to get us through the door. But for me, I, I go back to, you know, why does everybody enjoy, uh, you know, their experiences at Chick-fil-A and, and why do you enjoy, enjoy your experience at like a Ritz Carlton? And I, I think those are brands that um, are really maybe more about learning and development and, and maybe less about the, the sales side of things because they're so focused on giving a good customer experience they, they rely on the customer experience to sell the product. 
and and that's something that we really feel strongly about because at the end of the day is chick-fil-a just this great chicken company uh you know that happens to have great training or are they a great training company that happens to sell chicken sandwiches I'm not sure that's a great great point fair point so i mean it, it, from, from where i stand uh i mean you're you've captured two industries that in my opinion, I don't know that you take as much credit for the two industries that you owned before they were owned in franchising. One is one is video production for sure. I mean, ultimately you're using video as a form of education uh, for training uh, franchisees or whatever industry you're in. And the other one is masterclass, which masterclass as a, as a tool is relatively new. You were doing it long before a masterclass and saying like, how do we break down the training modules into something that is digestible by, by the franchisee so that the franchisor doesn't have to repeat themselves over and over again and can provide the scaffolding around it. If you reflect back on those two things, video production and franchise and masterclass, are you the originator of it? And is that is that still an area of opportunity that you you're like, you know, we still have have a positioning to to have ownership in both of those. You know, I, I really like the question because it's twofold. Obviously, video is something that we've preached the importance of this from day one of when we started. And it probably all goes back to a statistic that I, you know, read, which was that, you know, video based learning can be retained 60,000 times faster than reading text. And so I read a stat like that and, and it, it definitely blows my mind. I, I believe I crunched the math and I'm like, well, if I could do other things that fast, you know, how fast could I, you know, mow my lawn? And it's like three tenths of a second. You could mow your lawn that typically takes, you know, 30 minutes. And so we really, you know, certainly glommed on to, to video as a, a really great media. And, and this was before, you know, things like, you know, Instagram reels and, and TikTok, but, but YouTube was pretty prevalent back then. And what we realized was as we were going through, you know, watching a lot of YouTube videos on, you know, creating great training videos and content creators, we, we realized that this was a, you know, a, a way to deliver training that people actually enjoy because they don't have to sit down for long periods of time. And I think our, you know, attention spans have gotten smaller and smaller over the years. And we've realized that when you can put something into a video, you can show someone exactly how you want something done. And so you see what that finished product looks like. And I think what's nice about that is you make a, a visual cue to, you know, the job done correctly. And so I think we just realized this could really ramp up training time and, and knowing that franchising was, you know, multiple units and across many different state lines, if you wanted to keep consistency and your brand standards at all locations, then why not show them exactly what you do when the customer walks through the door? Uh, when you answer the the phone, um, you know, how you set up a new client in your CRM. I mean, these are all, you know, kind of like Im important things. And we just felt like, man, video may be the key to this. And so we, we really, you know, I appreciate the question because I think we were kind of pioneers, at least in the, the video training space. And, you know, you also, you know, mentioned masterclass as well. And when it, when it comes to, you know, video-based training, we always felt like, you know, we weren't going to be the group that, sold you hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of content development because in franchising there's often you know a 
a trainer, but they're not an instructional designer. You know, they don't have a master's degree in instructional design. They probably were really good at something at one point. And then somebody at the franchisor level said, hey, you're the new trainer now. Congratulations. And, and so we wanted to make sure that we built something that was simple enough that a trainer who has subject matter expertise in lots of areas, but maybe not, you know, true instructional design experience could create something themselves. So we always, I mean, of course, that old adage of, you know, teach a man a fish, we lived that every single day where we just felt like if we could teach our clients how to create their own training material and, and make it engaging, make sure that they remember that, you know, e-learning is not copying your ops manual and pasting it into, you know, a course or a hundred courses because, a lot of brands, you know, early on used to do exactly that. And the problem was, you know, that people would go in and take those courses and realize I'm just reading. Why not just hand me a manual? Um, and, and that really wasn't a great experience. But once you added interactions where you you actually quizzed them as they were taking, you know, the, the class and they had a chance to sort of, you know, prove that retention happened and you found a way to sort of gamify it and, and get people excited about learning. I think that was a game changer for us. So I wish I could say we're the original, you know, masterclass, um, but we're riding their coattails still. Look, I think you're you're solving a problem that exists. Whether enough franchisors realize that they need to be doing this or not, you are solving the problem. In my, in my opinion, where a franchisor can deeply benefit from what you offer uh, is basically building video for the FAQs that happen from a franchisee. There are certain things, let's say you own Burger Restaurant X. Franchisee probably knows how to unlock the front door and walk in and turn on the lights and how to turn on their burners. Like that's all like, like beep and I, I have it done. But, yeah. you know, if X situation happens or uh, there's a specialty product that they're trying to show, like this is how you construct it. It's to help offset some of those lonely FAQs that happen as a franchisee, because I mean, in, in essence, that's what YouTube really was ultimately designed for. It's like, I have a question, I'm gonna go find the answer. I, I've got a green egg over this summer. I've never smoked meat in my life. Yeah. I use YouTube and I think that meat tastes delicious. Right. But that would be specific towards if I were a big green egg franchisee. And so, I think that's a big problem that you solve. And in, in my opinion, I mean, an ops manual is kind of BS because it's just it's just words. And, and to a franchisee that's already feeling super overwhelmed for being a business owner for the first time, that's not their love language. Their love language has to be something else. And it's either Doug has flown out and he's going to teach me how to do everything for three weeks and I'm going to guide you. But then when Doug leaves... How do, what does Doug leave behind to make sure that I'm able and capable of doing uh, what Doug taught me to do? So, Well, I, that's kind of the beauty of like every time we teach someone, it's being recorded. You know, so every time you actually do a presentation, you have another asset you can use. And, you know, we see the same thing with, you know, with content creation, right, from a marketing standpoint is when you record a video, you can often, you know, reuse pieces of that for other videos that get shot as well. And there's a reason why we shoot, you know, B-rolls and, and that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's the reproducibility of all of those things. And I think, um, you know, it, in a short amount of time, you can actually become really efficient with creating videos. I think, Nick, it was this thing where it was almost 
people were intimidated to get into to creating videos themselves. And, and I think YouTube made that a lot easier, right? Because a, a talking head like we're doing right now, there's not a there's not a lot of production, you know, going on in that. It, it, it is truly an authentic experience. And, you know, you can get started creating videos for next to nothing, right? You can, you, I, what do I have? I've got a ring light, I've got a microphone, and uh, I use this a lot. This is my, uh, like, a, like a gimbal or a tripod. And so, so it's not, you know, as cost prohibitive as, as people think it is. And, and the, the lesson there is always like, look, I know it's scary to shoot your first video. And honestly, you should prepare yourself because first of all, you're going to suck before you can even become okay. And it's going to take a while of, of sort of being okay before you can get good. And then you're eventually going to transition from good to great. But the sooner that you get started, you know, recording these videos and maybe telling your story, like how powerful is it for the owner of the brand to tell the franchisees about how they got started? What's our mission? What's our, our vision? So that every single unit who, you know, comes on board after the fact, you know, here's that from the owner who started this. I, the power, it's just that power of being able to tell your story, right? And you're, man, you're so right about the love language. I mean, franchisees, I mean, gosh, the, franchisors are overwhelmed, right? With the amount of documentation they, they start with. And yeah, the, the ops manual at the end of the day is a, a maybe a list of things you should train on, but it's certainly not training. Uh, it doesn't tell you how to do anything. It doesn't tell you why to do anything. And so you, you kind of have to be able to transfer that into some way that's going to be engaging. And so with video, they can do that quickly. And, you know, a lot of people who work in the franchising space are certainly in that age range of, let's say, 16 to 35, where maybe uh, taking training on a phone is something that they enjoy doing because they already spend, you know, an hour and a half a day watching TikTok videos. This is a really easy media medium to, to kind of push that training out. I was going to ask you what your sweet spot franchisor is, but I would imagine like if a franchisor is smart on unit one, this is when they put it in play because it's probably harder to go backwards and implement things to the laundry list of things that have to be trained on continue to grow. So it's almost like the real ideal has to be unit one, right? I I mean, I would love for that to, to, to be the case. The, the problem is, is that Usually at unit one, they're just so overwhelmed, right, with everything that's going on uh, with, with getting that unit launched. And, and so while I think it would be great if, if people were, you know, thinking that way, for us, it, it tends to be more at, at like when they've hit the five unit threshold, hmm. because it's when they truly realize that they can't be in all places at the same time. And, and so I, I think that ends up being a, a really good sort of sweet spot for us, I would say that, that five unit space. Okay. Doug, if there's there's a franchisor watching this uh, and there's one thing that you want them to understand about the why you, why now, what, what do you want them to know about you that makes them fill out that form? Yeah, I think mostly that, you know, we're a company that truly invests our time into every single client that we bring on board and we're a true partner in this space. So we leverage our franchise expertise with our almost, you know, I, I've got, you know, 25 years in, in the e-learning space. And so if you're looking for a, a partner in this space that's going to help you build an engaging training program that's going to train all of your unit owners to be more successful, I want them to, to kind of know that. And I guess the one other thing I would say is, 
it, it, this is more of a, a tipper trick, but it's so important for the franchisor to be listening to the franchisees because they're going to tell you what courses need to get built. And, and so even if you didn't buy Learning Zen, at the end of the day, I really think you should be in a learning management system, no matter what that is. And, and so that's kind of the, the message for me. Love it. Uh, Doug, I really appreciate it. I've obviously known you for quite some time. Uh, we'll see you at Fran Camp as well. Um, I'm super but, excited about Fran Camp, Nick. I was just on, I had a conversation with someone yesterday and they were asking me if I was going. I was like, heck yeah, I'm going. Like, I'm so excited for this. So yeah, thanks for being on. It's been fun. It's the disrupt, disruptor event of franchising, but um, <laughs> well, love, love well. what you're doing. I've always loved what you're doing. Uh, like, again, if, if, I'm a, if I'm talking to a franchisor, I'm like, wouldn't you like to have a masterclass for your franchise? It makes it very simple for them to understand. Maybe that's part of the part of the positioning that you should be looking at on this main site here too. It's like use use the love language that breaks through that clutter and makes them say, "Yeah, of course we we could use that for our franchisees." Because I mean, ultimately, I think I think franchisors underinvest in their franchise business coaches, um, and this helps offset some of that support that a franchisee is going to need. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I, I, I'm going to steal this line from a partner of mine, but it's a. It's it's a lot like you know walking around with a friend in your pocket. You know, right. you're you're kind of if you don't remember how to do anything in the business, you've got your friend in your pocket. You can pull up and kind of retrain yourself on anything that needs to be retaught. Great, great point, uh, Doug. Enjoyed our conversation. Uh, this is another episode of Meet the Supplier for Doug. I'm Nick. Uh, and obviously the website's live on, on, on our video, go to learningzen.com if you want more information or find Doug on, on LinkedIn or all over social media. He's a, he's a social media pro. So <laughs> thanks, thanks, Nick. I appreciate this. This is great. See you guys.